Friends, in this part of the show, we talk parenting. And as mentioned, this week we are talking about hope and optimism and specifically how to help build hope and optimism uh, in your children. Especially, I think right now, for many of us, it might be a bit of a challenge feeling optimistic or hopeful. But it seems to be quite an important thing to be teaching our kids. Joined on the line by our resident parenting and human potential expert, Nikki Bush. Nikki, as always, it's good to have you on the show. A very good morning to you. Nikki, hello. Hello, good morning, Gooks, and morning. to all our listeners out there. So, it's, I think it's quite interesting, this idea of parents uh, raising, I guess, hopeful and optimistic people or building that in their children. Why is this so important? What role does it play for kids? Well, we are talking optimism, which means being able to expect the best from life's experiences, and that means nurturing hope and having confidence and a strong belief in your ability to deal with any situation. Because without optimism, we often become victims of life's circumstances. Then you become reactive, not responsive. And that means you don't take any responsibility for shaping your own reality. So we need to teach our kids that complaining about how tough life is does nothing to help them grow up with a sense that their destiny lies in their own hands and that they have the power to choose and shape their lives. And I think, you know, against the backdrop of the lives we lead in South Africa, it's quite a tough call when there's a lot to complain about, isn't there? Yeah, and especially if you yourself as the parents, and I mean, we, we've spoken before, you spoke about the importance of, you know, parents being the parents taking the lead, um, because children rely on their parents to give them structure, to keep them safe, um, you know, to make it so they, they have, you know, quite a safe, dependable, reliable environment. And I imagine it's quite tricky for many to be feeling optimistic and hopeful themselves, but you don't want your kids to not have that even if you right now are in quite a difficult place, and I imagine many parents are. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I I came up with this topic today because of Heritage Day, actually, because I am concerned that we may be giving our children a heritage of of, uh, negativity, you know, not of optimism, because there is so much to complain about in our country. And I was thinking about the Rugby World Cup and how that's lifted our overall sense of optimism and hope at the moment. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's an underlying question that we ask, well, why can't we sustain this beyond the Rugby World Cup? Or how can we sustain this beyond the Rugby World Cup? And it got me thinking about the fact that we, we often let the very big things overtake our mindset. You know, the infrastructure problems and the political problems. But we really need to be examples to our children of also spotting the small things, not just the big things, by taking note of the small things, the positive things that are going on, because lots of positives build to make bigger positives. And so a lot of the way we build optimism in our children is about the way we think as adults and the way we express ourselves in front of our children. These things are very powerful 
is shaping our children's beliefs about themselves, the world, success, and failure. So let's let's talk about some of the things that we can do to help our children develop optimism because the flip side of optimism is hopelessness. Mm. And hopelessness is not the heritage and the legacy we want to leave for our children. Mm. So in those daily interactions with our children that we need to help them see silver linings. So in most situations, there are good, there's good and there's bad. I mean, that's the reality of life. Being human is a very sort of ambiguous journey full of paradoxes. So we need to make a game of looking for silver linings in seemingly negative situations. So for example, and this is a really basic example, but it is something that happens all the time. And we've just had a couple of days of beautiful rain. But for children, rain might mean I can't play outside Mm -hmm. because it's raining. But what's the positive? The positive is we can play inside. Or if your child has got to study for an exam or a test, they've got a bit of extra time to study. Or we start uh, being playful with the rain and getting our kids outside with an umbrella and with um, with gumboots and we go and splash in the puddles and we get wet and we smell the rain and we go and talk about how the rain is growing the plants and the food and all of those things. What if your child has a broken arm or a broken leg? I mean, this is the reality of childhood. I've been through this with two boys. (laughs) And it can be absolutely awful when a child can't really move much Mm. for six weeks because they've got a plaster cast. So, you know, we have to start playing silly games. Um, We have to do different things to have fun. We have to find different ways to keep positive and optimistic. So it's a really, really good, you know, these sorts of um, impediments in childhood are really good ways to teach optimism. So maybe we can't have our friends round and go and kick a ball in the garden. Maybe this time, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to have to play board games, which is also fun. It's Mm. a different kind of fun. And we need to rephrase what our children say in order to accentuate the positive. So we need to use different words to make more positive sense out of a situation. So an example would be your child comes home from school and says, I never have anyone to play with, which is quite negative and quite sad. Mm. And it may be true or it may be not so true because it just might be today. So you as a parent might reply, sometimes it's hard to find a friend. But last week, you had a good time with Sofiso. So we have to keep helping our children link back to positive moments. So even if they're in a negative phase, let's go back a day or two. Let's go back to last week. Let's go back to last month. Let's go back to last year. You know, they may be coming home feeling negative about their results. 
And I actually had a conversation with a mum the other day who phoned me to say her daughter was a straight A, in fact, nine distinction matric student. Her daughter is now at UCT. And when you go to, to university, it's very hard to be a straight A student, no matter how smart you are. Yes. And she's now having to cope with the fact that she's getting 70s and 80s and not 90s and come to terms with the fact that that is good enough because nobody's actually going to ask you at university or in a job whether you got straight distinctions. They just want to know that you got your degree. Yes. So pitching ourselves is also important and, and learning how to how to view your success with perspective or your failure with perspective. Mm. And, you know, also this idea of, uh, you know, this, uh, you mentioned the university example. I was in exactly the same situation. I was kind of a straight A student. I got to varsity and suddenly I was getting B's. And I remember the first, and, and the first time I saw this was in English and I was really good at English at school. And I remember someone saying to me, I think it may have been my tutor who said, you must also remember that the, the measure of things is also very different. It was much easier to get a distinction at school than it is here. And also a B at a university level is actually really good. Um, distinctions are few and far between. So even though you didn't get, well, we used to call it a first class um, yes. at Rhodes, even though you didn't get a first class, but the fact that you got a B is actually a really good thing. It doesn't mean that you're failing or you're not good at this thing. Um, the, the metric, the, 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 the context that you are now studying is very different. And she was saying you just really need to give yourself just a bit of grace. Um, yes. because you're not in high school anymore. You're at varsity and you're still doing well. Just, well, not, just not in the same way. But you're also now maybe living away from home and having to balance that. Um, you also don't have maybe your parents with you every day, you know, uh, looking after you, giving you food, being your cheerleaders, you're having to learn to go it alone. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to also have perspective um, that, that you're also juggling real life as opposed to school life. So I think parents can also help by sharing their own stories of overcoming hardships. So you can talk about when I was a child, I thought dot, 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 but then I realized. And, and I guess, you know, those university stories, those, those school stories, the sports stories, you know, those things are important. And I share a story in many, many of my talks uh, where I talk about the fact that I was a reasonable hockey player, but I actually wasn't the shooting the lights out hockey player, I made the second team, but mm -hmm. to make the first team, I actually had to take on a position that nobody else wanted, mm -hmm. which was the left wing where you don't get much ball. Yeah. But it depends, you know, how, how big your goal is. How much did I really want to be a first team player? And so I took the left wing position, which put me into the first team. But I wasn't good enough to become a provincial player either. But the opportunity to become a provincial umpire opened up. And so I became a provincial hockey umpire. So sometimes we also need to take the road less traveled to get to where we need to go. And that can also raise our levels of optimism because to go back to how we started this conversation, mm -hmm. 
our destiny lies in our own hands. And we have to teach our children how to use the power of choice to get the best result for them. And the best result for them may not be the same as the best result for somebody else. And that's also a very important point. Mm. And I want to mention something really important here, Cooks. And that is that many parents default to praising their children indiscriminately all the time, telling them that everything they do is great and that they're superstars all the time, rather than helping them to experience real success and to persist in the face of reasonable obstacles. And so often that child who goes off to university, having thought they were the most brilliant superstar in all the world, arrives at university to find they're in a sea of other superstars. Yes. (laughs) And so it wasn't so realistic after all. Mm. So we really have to validate our children in realistic ways. And we have to balance praise and encouragement. We need to encourage the process. Childhood is a process. It's not an end game. It's a process. And we need to be encouraging the process more than praising the outcome. Yes, the outcome is important. We need our kids to pass. We need them to get reasonable marks so they get into university. You know, those are all important things. But encouraging the process is important because sometimes in the process you're successful and sometimes you fall over and you fail. Mm. And we need to teach our kids to be optimistic and fail forward and learn how to dust themselves off and pick themselves up again so that they can move forward even when times are tough. So optimistic thinking does not mean downplaying your child's responsibility where failure is concerned. And we need to teach them to reframe their failure. So when we talk about failure, it might be... um, We might be saying to our kids, you know, it seems to me when you do well, it's when you've given yourself enough time to study. Mm. And when you don't do so well, it's because you've been in a rush. It could be exactly the opposite for another child. And I've worked with kids where they've needed less time to study, more pressure in their lives, because when they had too much time, they just wasted it watching TV. Yes. When they knew they only had two hours, they got down to it. (laughs) So... Also, um, you know, keep perspective for each child because every child operates very, very differently. I'm also hearing quite a big part of this, of this, you know, kind of building uh, optimism and hope in kids, helping them see the silver lining, helping them deal with failure is also in some ways building their confidence that they can do difficult things. So, you know, your kid comes back and says, like the example you made, no one wanted to play with me today or I don't have any friends. That feels as if there's an opportunity to build, you know, their confidence to say, well... Their resilience, yes. their confidence. Their perseverance. Proof, proof that I can. Yes. This is what we want with optimism is proving to your child, I can, I am, and I will. So mm. it's definitely got huge connection to grit and determination and resilience So really to end off, hope is the thing inside us that insists, despite all evidence to the contrary, that something better awaits us if we have the courage to reach for it and to work for it and to fight for it. And that was said by Barack Obama in the audacity of hope. 
An interesting message to end our conversation from Dr. Phil Mahuma, who is a physician uh, and a, a good, uh, a, a very good friend of the show. Uh, Dr. Mahuma says, good morning, Gogo and 702. With regards to Nikki Bush, she's a nation builder of notes. I listen with pen in hand and or press the record button. I trust for due recognition for her precious work in our country and beyond. Her teaching methods and lessons are accessible. They're relatable and practical best wishes dr phil mahuma and that's come through on whatsapp so recognition for your work nikki oh well i am i've got goosebumps and i say thank you and as long as i keep adding value and books can you please send me that i would love to reread it yes of course i'll send it to you via whatsapp <laughs> thank you so much thank you nikki it's always great having you on the show that's our resident human potential and parenting expert nikki bush if there is a question you'd like for nikki bush to have a look at in our parenting feature let us know via whatsapp send us a whatsapp voice note or a message on 0727021702 you can send us an sms as well on 31702 if you'd like to send it via email you can drop me an email at gogs at 702.co.za